What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us again on the spookiest of days as we continue our October Stravaganza. Yes. You already know the deal. You already know the drill. Um, each week we have a theme. I'm very, very excited for this week's theme because mm -hmm, we a fun one. are covering slashers. Yeah, slash, slice, dice, cut off your balls, some, 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 some. Stick them on the wall. Yeah, I know. I want to learn the whole rap, but I haven't yet. I know. Cut off your balls is like the one part that has stuck in my brain over the years. But I swear he says, reason. and like stick them on the wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Take them to the mall. I don't know. Something, something that rhymes. Look, it's a 16 that will go down in all of history. Let's be real. But. Yeah. The top top five best rappers, Ghostface, Ghostface, <laughs> Ghostface, 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 Ghostface. Way go. Very good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about slash slashers is the theme of the week, um, and we will not delay too much from uh, before we jump in because we are going to be covering three movies today. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get into those, I did just want to say. If you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, which is a Monday, first things first, hop in that Discord if you can, because the Discord decides uh, voting will be open. And if you guys want to have your voice heard for that next decision on the movie that we cover, you need to be in the Discord. You got um, so join it. the The link for that is in our social media bios, and yeah, go ahead and get in there if you would like to put your vote in for that. Because as of today, the the movies will be announced and the voting will commence, um, much like the Hunger Games will commence. And we and need then, tributes, so get in there, homies. It is Slasher Week, as, <laughs> like we said. Um, and secondly. If you would like to hear us dive into some other slasher films and you would like to hear us talk about the genre as a whole, you already know where to find us tonight. We'll be on Twitch. We'll be drinking. We'll be laughing. We'll be talking. And we hope to see you there. So, yeah, if you guys want to come and hang out and listen to us kind of break down this genre a little bit more, then come and watch us there. Also, guys, I, I did want to mention if you are unable to be there while we do it live, um, you can still watch it back later on. It, it stays on Twitch for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just want to let you guys know if you want to hear us talk about it, come and hear us talk about it. But those are the end of my announcements. We will no longer wait. We will hippity hop <laughs> into the slasher zone. Very nice. Into the blood zone, if you will. Very nice. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> My bloodlust is quite thrilled. <laughs> and and Roshane, what 
what movie is Aubrey talking about today? Well, I'm so happy that you asked. Um, today, <laughs> we will be talking about the Fear Street trilogy. That's right. We're going to be talking about Fear Street 1994, Fear Street 1978, and Fear Street 1666. All today, all in one episode. All for you, homies, because we love you so much. It's all for you, homies. Also, did you expect to be back in 1994 so soon? I know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was shook. I know we're going to be back here so soon. Um, but all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today we are talking about the Fear Street Trilogy. So this one was directed by Lee Yannick and with a screenplay by Lee Yannick and her writing partner, Phil Graziati, um, based on the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein. It's starring Kiana Madeira as Dina, Olivia Scott Welsh as Sam, Benjamin Flores Jr. as Josh, Julia Raywald as Kate, Fred Hetchinger as Simon, and Jillian Jacobs as C. Berman. The year is 1994 and 1978 and 1666. Welcome to Shadyside, the murder capital of the United States and home to the centuries-old curse of the witch, Sarah Fear. In the wake of yet another series of bloody murders, a group of five teenagers find themselves entangled in the vengeful witch's plot. Now, it is up to Dina and friends to band together to solve the mystery of Shadyside before the witch's curse consumes them all. Insert Teenage Undead Masked Murderers. Hot, sweaty summer camp slaves. And Puritan style origin stories here. Our trilogy concludes with Dina and crew uncovering the dark truth of Sarah Fear and fighting to end the Shady Side curse once and for all. Also, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. Roll credits. Hey, you got an extra life. Woo, woo, we did it. Thank you, Konami Code. We appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you, Josh, <laughs> for the tip. <laughs> all right. Well, clearly, we're going to be talking about all three movies today, guys. But to mm -hmm. keep ourselves organized, we're going to take them one at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, starting with Fear Street 1994. And, 1994. And Erica, I would like to know <clears throat> what is in your notebook. Well, the first thing that I noted is that um, we have a very scream esque opening, mm -hmm. um, which is totally intentional. It's 110% an homage to them, to them, to Scream, to the opening of Scream. What? I don't know why I phrased that so strangely. <laughs> did, my, did my caffeine just like trickle over? Seep in, it's like seeping out of my microphone into my mouth. I'm like inhaling it. I'm like the, the witches from Hocus Pocus. I'm like... <laughs> 
Um, but yes, it's it's totally an homage to Scream. But I, I really enjoyed this opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Maya Hawk as Heather, who is a pretty becoming a pretty big name. Um, and Very true. so we open with her being killed right off the bat. And also we have some slight nods to R.L. Stein because inside of the book store that she works in, there are horror books that are obviously meant to be, you know, variations of Fair Street written by a different author, but they're obviously supposed to be, you know, R.L. Stein books. Right. Which, which also, really, oh, sorry, I'll, go I'll, ahead. yeah, I was just going to ask, did you read the Fear Street books growing up? I actually did not. Uh, so oh, for anybody okay. that doesn't know, although I'm sure you all do, uh, Fear Street is was a book series written by R.L. Stein that actually predated the the Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually started writing Fear Street in 1989, and Fear Street was meant for teenagers. It was meant for a an older crowd than the Goosebumps ones were much more catered towards children and. Mm-hmm. I think by the time I was old enough to start reading, I really dove into Goosebumps and I kind of just missed the Fear Street train. Yeah. Um, I I have listened to podcasts like I listened to the podcast Say Pod and Die, which I've shouted them out before, but they break down Goosebumps books, but they also cover Fear Street. And so I've heard some of the plots from them breaking them down. Mm-hmm. And... I definitely it sucks because it definitely seems like something that I would have been into. It's a much like dark, darker and more creepy version of Goosebumps where people actually die and can get hurt and things are like never what they seem. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of just missed it. And but that is to say that I'm going I went into these movies totally no bias i had no idea what to expect i didn't already have that love for the series so mm-hmm. i really went in as a clean slate which hey there's no no shame in that game i'm no honestly shame. right there with you yeah uh, i it's very similar story uh growing up especially in like elementary school i love the goosebumps books i used to when i was younger just collect them honestly because i loved the covers i always thought the covers looked very cool and spooky. Um, I'd say I read about like half of the ones that I actually bought, but mm-hmm. every time there was like a weekly book fair, I'd always, you know, nab at least one or two uh, Goosebumps books. But I had not heard anything about Fear Street. I didn't even know about Fear Street mm-hmm. um, until this became super popular. And then a lot of people who were longtime R.L. Stein fans uh, started uh, having the conversation about Fear Street. And I was like, right. oh, I didn't know that this... Uh, any of this series existed before Goosebumps. That was new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it makes me want to go back and read them now mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I still enjoy Goosebumps. Obviously, you know, nostalgia might play a huge factor in that. And uh, going back and reading them, they're not as great as you remember them being. Right. But that doesn't mean that it's not a good and enjoyable book. Um, and I would be interested in, in checking out Fear Street. But I think this is a very, very strong opening. Mm-hmm. And I love the reveal of Ryan, like something obviously is not totally right. And then the reveal and realizing that it's Ryan that is the killer and that he is a completely different person than who he was when we last saw him like two minutes ago. Right. And, and I also like there. there's little... 
little like breadcrumbs trailed here and there, even in this opening sequence that come back later on in the trilogy, such as when she tries to close the gate in the bookstore and it doesn't close complete completely or when ryan hears the whispering and like a fly lands on his neck mm -hmm. and like just little things like that that i really appreciate a lot more having finished them yeah the lot there's a lot of little like like you said breadcrumbs and like little tiny easter eggs that if you're like looking for you can definitely see um one cool one that i did uh think about a little bit after the fact was with the opening sequence, um, since it's clearly an homage to Scream, right? Uh, it's what's fun is like in Scream, when this sequence happens in its own way, um, the mask of the killer gets removed, but you don't get to see it. And I thought that was such an interesting difference with this is um, instead of doing the exact same thing where it's like the victim's able to pull out the mask, but we don't get to find out who it is. They're like, no. You get to know from the beginning of the movie, this is who killed her. Um, yeah, because the role of the killers is such an important aspect of these films. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so important that you know exactly who is doing the killing because that is a whole other mystery to unravel rather than trying to figure out who it is. It's like, you know who it is, but now you need to find out why. Mm -hmm. I also like the opening credits a lot because you get a lot of information in those opening credits. The main thing that you find out is that Sunnyvale and and Shady Side are like neighboring town, like communities. Mm -hmm. But Sunnyvale is the safest and wealthiest community, and Shady Side is like is is a place where apparently only bad things happen to the people that live there. Mm -hmm. It is um, looks wise, it doesn't seem like anything is kept up there there are like murders huge killing sprees every couple of years there's a lot of crime and the existence within shady side it definitely seems like people that live there are just living to get by and just living to survive and a lot of the people that live in shady side are looked down upon by sunny veilers because Sunnyvale is this prosperous, it's like Pleasantville. It's like everything is perfect there. Mm -hmm. And that's how they like it to be. And it's like, they do not get along. These two communities do not get along at all. No. But you learn all of that in, in the opening credits. Yeah, you learn all that super quickly. And then not too long after, you also learn that um, the big reason for Shady Shady Siders and all of their problems and issues um is ascribed to a bit of an urban legend um of the town which is around seraphir which mm -hmm. was supposedly a witch from the 1600s who was killed by the town for practicing witchcraft and has since cursed the land um which is essentially what a lot of people believe to be the issue with shady side and why there's so much violence and why these bad things keep happening to us residents mm -hmm. um, is because of the curse of the, of the witch, the witch, uh, Seraphir. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody knows this, this story of the witch uh, must be the season of the witch, but mm -hmm. also 
it, it's a it's a it's a, um, a tale that everybody that lives in in shady side has heard but not only shady side sunny sunny valers know it as well mm-hmm. and it's and a local I like, legend it's a local legend i love how they made their map like their team is called the witches it's like <laughs> y'all are really leaning into this huh <laughs> like all right <laughs> Look, they, they're not mad at who they are, all right? They know what's up, and you know what? They embrace it, and oh, I yeah. have nothing but respect for that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know what? We'll t- that's fine. Like, that's sure, fine. we get a serial killer every we're couple of years. But you know what? We own that shit, all right? We're the witches, but we're not the devils. I'll tell you that much, because <laughs> isn't that what Sunnyvale is? Like, the devils, mm-hmm. which should be the first clue that something is freaking weird there, because it's like, you're sunshiny, bright town, and you're... The devils. You're the devils? <laughs> all right. Talk about yeah. this. <laughs> a little Talk bit about a wolf there. in sheep's clothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing I did notice off the bat that I will say I did not like... Mm-hmm is the use of music in this one is a lot like it's too much in my opinion because songs will bleed into other songs i mean there is a period where there was like four different songs within a one minute span Mm -hmm. and it it felt like they were trying to push all of this music to give it a really 90s vibe but it was music overload for me like i felt it's like when you're in a club and you get like blue balled by the dj because they start to play a song that you really like and then right. 10 <laughs> seconds and they switch it and you're like what the that's what it felt like to me we didn't get to the first verse <laughs> yeah i'm like i didn't even get to sing my my, my favorite part it's like the, <laughs> the lyrics haven't even started yet it's just like the beginning of it get low Aww. starts playing and you're like oh yeah and then right before <laughs> to, the... to the window yeah it's like to the you might be saying and you're like no! <laughs> can't say like, too I much in case here. they want to uh, sue us but y'all get the idea y'all know what song i'm talking about yeah mm-hmm. the, so... that's that's interesting though because i i i actually kind of surprised that you didn't like it because i was a fan i like the music I liked the songs. I just felt mm-hmm. like it was too much. Okay. I can honestly, I can hear you. And like, I don't necessarily disagree with that too much. There were, there, it was a bit of like a, here is all the music of this era, consume it all at once, sort mm-hmm. of a delivery, which, you know, could be overbearing. For me, it really, um, it really catapulted me into the time period. Um, you know, growing up, being a little kid in the 90s, early 2000s, like hearing these songs again, I subscribe these songs to that time period. So even though, yeah, it definitely somebody was hitting the shuffle button a lot <laughs> as the music was playing, hearing all of these familiar songs again for me brought me into nice. the time period that we were yeah. supposed to be in. Like I, for me, I really thought that a big pro was they captured the essence of the 90s fairly well in my opinion no that yeah i I agree they did they did definitely hit the 90s but yes you're right it felt like and you hand your friend the aux cord and you're like play some music but they have a bunch of songs they want you to hear before you get to your destination Mm -hmm. or you don't like initially start vibing with their song immediately so like hold on hold on let me let me let me try this one instead yeah and you're like maybe you should hand that back to me sweetie (laughs) (laughs) How about I put my music on? <laughs> um, but no, you're right. We we immediately get thrust back into the 90s. And 
we we also meet our characters mm-hmm. fairly soon after this this first killing. Um, we meet our main cast of characters who are all high schoolers, and I you know I love me a high schooler slasher. Uh, you know, get them kids and and whatnot. <laughs> so, what did you think of of our our main crew of kids? Like, did you did you like them? Did you enjoy following them? You know, I liked them. I I liked them. Like, I I, I liked the entire crew. Um, I think by around like the halfway point, I had grown attached to pretty much everybody and like the main crew from Dina to Simon, Kate, Josh, and uh, Sam. Like, I I thought that their dynamic was fun. Um, I thought having this dynamic of Dina and Sam clearly have issues that they're working through due to them. You know, they used to be together, and now um, they're not. And so navigating that all the while all this murderous stuff is happening is a fun dynamic to throw in there, Uh, especially because a lot of slashers tend to have some romance in them, right? Mm-hmm. So it it was nice to have a touch of that while also getting the quintessential friend group, you know, like the the two best friends that got you back through everything, though they're a little bit quirky. I'll say that the char- like some of the side characters were a little car- caricature-y, um, not to any of the actor or actresses' faults. I think it was just kind of the characters they had to play in, in order to capture that mm-hmm. 90s slasher high school essence. I think a lot of that was a little bit inevitable, but I thought overall as a group, they worked well. Where 1994 has a big task is it's the first of a trilogy. And what you benefit from being a movie later on in the trilogy is you are just expanding upon what has already been put down Mm -hmm. and so it's up to this first one we're totally laying all the groundwork we're meeting characters and we're learning things about them on the way but we have to meet them first Mm -hmm. so there's that like barrier you have to break through where you're just learning information and maybe that's why for me for the first hour of this movie i had a really hard time getting into it and i think that was because it was just breaking through the with these characters because we learn so many things along the way what you are you have to take these characters at face value at first and it can be a little off-putting um dina in particular can be a little off-putting i think upon the first moment that you know we are introduced to the story of there's obviously been a breakup and dealing with the repercussions of that and the anger from that we immediately meet dina in that state Mm, and mm -hmm. so you have to get through that like you have to get through the angsty post breakup yeah the angsty high school the angsty high school like this is this is the the worst day of my life thing, which is totally accurate, mm-hmm. I think, for a high school student, especially yeah. when you aren't with someone that you really, really love. Because later on, we do see that Sam and Dina really love each other. They're just, 
they're kids and they're trying to figure it out and and it's the 90s and they are a in a gay relationship in the 90s and they're not only that but then you have this extra class like hierarchy yeah of of now sam is a sunny valer and all sunnyvale does is look down upon shady side but then at the same time all dina can focus on being a shady sider is the doom and gloom aspect of it it's this idea that oh well because i live here i will be nothing Mm -hmm. it's like you can't push past that and then sam is trying to focus on her new sunnyvale lifestyle and really play into that aspect of it and so they they continue to clash over that and so I think where the other characters really get to shine for me is they don't have to deal with that. They're just they're just kind of living their lives. Whereas with Dina, we are introduced to her during an event that's like heavily impacting how she's acting and who she is. So we don't really know what she's normally like. We're only experiencing her, you know, in this moment in time. When we meet our side characters, we're jumping right into a day in their life. We get their personalities right away. We get who they are right away and what they're normally like right away, which is a, a pro for them. It benefits your first impression of them. And so, um, like, I really liked Kate and I really liked Josh a lot. I, mm-hmm. I Those were probably my two favorite characters in 1994 and, and you know, when they come back later. Um because I just really, really enjoyed where they were in the moment. And that is not a discredit to Dina. It's just I was able to have more fun and where they were in the moment in juxtaposition to, yeah, the angsty, like, life sucks moment that we that we are introduced to at first. Yeah, it's true. Because, like, I mean, if you go into a Romeo and Juliet story, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean those are going to be your favorite two characters, you know, mm-hmm. especially because like they kind of have to carry these different plot lines throughout. The love line, what, yeah, yeah, uh, which is going to be like a, a three part uh, adventure anyway. So like it's a it's a lot to um, it's a lot to set up, and it's a lot and it's a lot of groundwork that needs to be laid in order for you to really invest yourself in that. And I think it kind of, um, because of that, it, it sort of steamrolls them into going uh, a certain direction with their characters and the relationships, just kind of mm-hmm. based on the things that are happening to them. Uh, but I did, uh, just commenting off of something you said, I did really like what they established with um, Sunnyvale and Shadyside. Yeah. That dynamic, this like classism sort of struggle that's happening between these two i really enjoyed that because i mean we find out later on that it plays way deeper into the story than we realize however i love that in at least 1994 you really get a sense of the different dynamics of the people that live in these two places how they feel about each other and I think what 94 does really good is it sets up that animosity so well. Mm-hmm. Like it really it really gives you this red versus blue um, kind of like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. These two teams clashing against each other. And that's like a big plot point we find out later on 
for everything that's happening. So I, I, I give 1994 that, that they, like you said, they had a lot of stuff to set up for this trilogy. And I think overall, they did a good job in like laying most of the groundwork down. When you put this all, put all the puzzle pieces together, I appreciated 1994 so much more after mm-hmm. finishing it because yes, they they lay the groundwork down very well, and I almost want to go back and rewatch all of them now that I've seen that I finished it and I know what happens because they do yeah they they lay the groundwork down specifically you're right with the two communities warring because Shady Side is struggling through this idea of okay either I die in this town or I grow up to be nothing is like what all the kids feel like mm-hmm. and they all want some kind of a way out and then for Sunny Valers there's this huge tragedy at the beginning of this movie and because of the way that Sunnyvale treats them it's like when people have you know ghetto you know what they continue to consider to be like a ghetto or a bad area in town anytime something happens there it's not a tragedy it's just the nature of that area like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like nobody can say oh my god that's so that's so bad that that happened sunny valers just expect that to happen in shady side and they don't yeah, they don't have any sympathy despite the fact that those people are still innocent people like high schoolers died at the beginning of the movie and yeah, Sunnyvale could not give, give a, a shit they said are we playing our game or or not are we playing football <laughs> or what's going on yeah i was like damn that, that was cold like that 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 was cold. cold and like but it was it did a great job of like really setting up like how deep the roots of this animosity are are fucking mm-hmm. put in there because they, they really do not like each other and it's it's fun to kind of watch that expand and play out over the course of these three movies. Um, but it 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 does suck, I think, for Shady Siders because a lot of them um, kind of accept their fate just because it's been this way for mm-hmm. centuries at this point that Shady Side's just constantly dealing with this. And you know, like we were saying earlier, a lot of people subscribe it to the idea of this witch. Um, which a lot of people consider legend up until our main group realizes that, hey, these things and these happenings are a little bit too interconnected for these things to just be happenstance, right? Mm-hmm. And then especially once Sam has her first run-in with the witch, and now we have this idea that she is being hunted because she has this connection with the witch now, um, I think it, it, it was a great way to lead us down this rabbit hole of, all right, you know what? Let's look into this urban legend more. Let's figure out why things are the way they are, because the characters don't really have any other choice. Like they are yeah. being hunted by these essentially zombified serial killers who are going to stop at nothing until they kill Sam. Right. And, and those were some of my favorite aspects of this movie. The fact that we got multiple seri- serial killers, all of them are very interesting. I wish we got to see the Humpty Dumpty killer because that has me intrigued. Mm-hmm, true, um, true. But no, we got all these different types of serial killers. There's this idea that, yeah, it's it's Sam. You know, Sam is the target. But then what do you do with that? Are you willing to sacrifice one person? Mm-hmm. That Which is you a care conversation about? that they do have, you know? Yeah. 
yeah are you willing to sacrifice one person that you care about for multiple people that you care about or is it worth trying to save everybody and you know i i think as an outside perspective you could look at that and say yeah sacrifice the one person but i don't it's not that easy yeah. and i i do like that element of it i think it makes it it makes it interesting because it adds in this extra stakes for for dina but also i think it was smart to set it up in that way because it makes it so that you in your head you're thinking oh this is all about sam like after that first one you're like this is all about sam but then mm -hmm. as it goes on you're like no this is all about the town and it is so important that they do continue to fight back against this because you come to find out it wouldn't have mattered if they sacrificed sam that was never the issue yeah. like it was always a bigger issue and yeah. i do think that that was smart because it, it kind of put me it shut my mouth i'm not gonna lie because in my head i was like girl you're really gonna let all your friends die but yeah <laughs> like, in the grand scheme the of room. things throw yeah, her out there like, maybe you maybe she should go out in the hallway i don't know but in the grand scheme of things it it doesn't matter like mm -mm. and the the awesome thing about that and the way that this was set up and i think um lee was very smart in making this a trilogy is we don't get the resolution to that in the first part mm -hmm. you know we only get this idea that this problem exists beyond this group of characters um because especially as we get towards the climax of the first of the first part of the trilogy um you start second guessing what's actually going on in this town and honestly the fate of these characters because i am going to say i was just like the masses when i had a feeling you know some of our group would die but man kate's death that seemed kate's personal death that seemed personal <laughs> had me messed up dude i was not ex like i expected a little bit of bloodshed you know like i, I know that we weren't gonna pull the punches with this Damn, I was not expecting what happened to her. Her death was so violent, though. Like, and not in a bad way. I loved it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. Don't don't read that incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. But... Don't don't misread my mouth. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is, in comparison to what we had seen up to that point, I just was not expecting something so intense for her death because, you know, I, I knew I knew that their friends would have to die like i was like i was waiting i was like they're not all gonna make it there's just no mm -hmm. way um and so when i saw that bread that bread slicer i was like not this not her <laughs> not her because i really did like kate and and she was was fighting so hard up to that point and it just felt like <laughs> it really felt personal i was like what did she do to you though like <laughs> what happened <laughs> right she y'all like y'all could have killed her but you didn't have to fatality her like jesus yeah. and, lord like even even losing like simon it sucked to lose simon as well but, it was but quick. at least like his was quick you know just yeah. a one-two boom he's dead bop, bop. why kate have to go through what she went through why? i is beyond me why did they have to serve her up on a sandwich like i, I yeah <laughs> i i was really upset about that because and i you know what i will say that was the one moment where dina and sam have me a little bit 
depressed. I, I think what was frustrating was they could hear Kate screaming. Yeah. And they just took their time. And I I get I think the only reason that I was frustrated at that point was because they had already decided that she was gonna die. So yeah. why were they hesitating now? You you had no issue shoving the pills in her mouth, <laughs> but right. but the the water's too much. I I was like, if you don't help your friend, oh yeah. That, I, I think the biggest the biggest issue with that, what really kind of pressed me about that part and kind of annoyed me was yeah, the fact that you could hear her calling, but it didn't feel like anyone made any moves to go help her. Nobody and like, cared. yes, they had this plan for what they were going to do. And like, I know because I was like, I was, I tried not to look too much into other people's comments, but I was kind of curious how people felt about certain parts. And I know a lot of people were pissed about how they did Kate. And like, a lot of people blame um, Dina for prioritizing her situation with Sam over trying to help her friends. But I do feel like under the pressure of the situation perhaps dina really thought that the best way that she can help her friends is to try and expedite this plan as quickly as possible because like at that point like they knew that at some point they were going to have multiple killers in their location at the same time all going after them mm-hmm. and it's kind of like she they're under or at least dina um, they're under the notion that if they manage to kill Sam, the killers w- will stop. So perhaps it was just a situation right. of Dina thought that if I can kill Sam quick enough, it'll save my friends. Which right, but unfo- then so dunk her. Yeah. So put her head in the water then. What <laughs> so are you expedite doing? expedite <laughs> the process. Now, I feel you. I feel you. I, I still will stand by Kate got done dirty, but mm-hmm. I think Dina does take a little extra flag more so than maybe she should. Just throwing it out there, devil's right, right. advocating a bit. I'm yeah, no. I, I I don't I don't fault Dina for hesitating, but I just think in the with the with the screams that were permeating from Kate, <laughs> I think I would have put a little bit of pep in my step. But that but that's just me. That's, but but, that's but fair. um also if I was Dina, I would I would like to have at least one of them survive because they were the ones with the know-how about the overdose and the resurrection plan. You know, they were the ones that knew what they were doing, allegedly. So, yeah, I would want to have at least one of them on hand to help with the EpiPen situation because Dina definitely gets lucky um, with that because she obviously did not really know what to do there. Um, So it would behoove you. It would be of slight importance i think to at least make sure one of them gets through the ordeal but you know that's that's just me that's fair i the the other part of that too though that i won't forgive them for um is i feel like yes there were other pressing matters but goddamn dina josh they got over kate and simon's death real quickly in the grand scheme of things i will say i feel like josh was more affected by their death than Than dina Dina was which was kind of a bummer because i do feel like they had a very good friend i i liked watching their friendship Mm -hmm. um and And i love watching i love watching uh josh and and kate starting to get close i was like i I didn't know that i shipped this but i kind of do i know i just love josh i just want him to be happy Mm -hmm. but um yeah, it just yeah, it was just kind of unfortunate to see that it didn't feel like D- 
Gina was that affected by their deaths. It was just almost like, oh, well, I have, like, well, Sam made it. And that's all that Matt, that was the part where I was like, I know you, you love each other. And that is so important, but it didn't feel like they had a moment to really revel in that and like sink in that moment. I know they had that whole thing with the cops mm-hmm. or with the cop when they're, you know, explaining what happened and saying that they were their friends and stuff, but uh, it just didn't it didn't sink in as much as I wanted. I felt like I was more upset about Kate and I hardly knew the girl. Right. Um, the 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 other small thing real quick too that I will add in. This is more like a nitpicky thing from myself. Um, and I am no doctor, so, you know, mind my ignorance if it's there, but I feel like the way in which it's not just in 1994, it's throughout the series, the way which they multiply the amounts of blood that are leaving characters is astronomical to me. They are just fucking, they, they are draining buckets of blood (laughs) from these characters and like yeah they're like diluting it with like water and paint and other stuff sometimes but i'm like yo they they ain't at least like a little woozy after the amount of blood they lost like (laughs) a little woozy yeah um (laughs) like sam's been bleeding for a majority of this movie i feel like she should be a little bit woozier than she is yeah, they had her dripping freely all over the store. <laughs> I was like, oh, seal it up. No, they definitely, I was like, I, they like sliced the shit out of their hands. And I was like, couldn't be me. But also, <laughs> kudos to Sam for swallowing all those pills. I can hardly swallow one. Mm-hmm. And my last thought is Dina, baby. Um, Is it just me or was Dina I know it was an accident, like the thing with the cooler. The cooler wasn't, the whole cooler wasn't supposed to spill out, right? Mm -hmm. But am I the only one who thought they still would have gotten into an accident, even if they had only spilled the liquid? Oh, yeah. That that revenge plan, granted, the Sunny Valers were being assholes, but yeah, she was trying to murder them. (laughs) Maybe not intentionally, but she was 100% um, en route to killing these kids in that car she 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 was blinded by rage you know um in that moment she chose violence and granted things got out of hand even if they were in hand yeah i think i think those kids were still in danger regardless the death plan i mean i just didn't understand she seemed spooked by the fact that they ran off the road but i was like what else what are you thinking they were going to do (laughs) i think that was always your end (laughs) (laughs) what was the plan but um yeah that's my last thing i'm gonna say about that but that basically leads us into fear street 1978 because they discover while trying to save sam they find out that uh there is a c berman who saw the witch before and survived and so they're trying to figure out what exactly see they did differently that they can you know try and help sam because now sam is possessed yeah Yeah, now sam is sam's possessed and i that was kind of cool that you know this one ends and you think like okay where are we gonna go from here because it seems like the plan worked and then um, they kind of get you at the end with this twist. And I didn't mind it, specifically knowing that, like, now we didn't watch this in real time like a lot of other people did. So we didn't have to wait. We could just jump mm-hmm. into the next one, right? 
but I liked this notion of like you you know for a fact that you're going into a trilogy, so you just cannot fully complete the storyline yet. Like 1994 was very much the setup one, and I think a lot of people uh, leaving this one and going into the second one were probably a little bit. I imagine a lot of people were maybe a little bit disappointed. Myself watching through this, um, I was I enjoyed it and I had a good time watching it. But I could see the parts where, like, if I had to wait a week, I'd be a little bit like, "Is this going to be good next week?" Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know about some of the, like some of these plot holes didn't get necessarily answered yet. Like, there was a lot of things left up in the air going into the second film, and I could see how initially that probably got under a lot of people's skin but Mm -hmm. i I do think as you watch more of these like you said the first movie uh your appreciation for it i think inevitably increases because you see the different the different things that they were laying down yes Uh, because i'm not gonna lie i actually like i didn't really like the first one until i finished the rest of them. Yeah. Like, okay. If we're ranking these, I the first 1994 would be my and the last spot for me still, even after finishing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I like it so much more now mm-hmm. than I did when it was just that one. Yeah, agree. Agree. It's funny because I I liked 1994, but I still think out of them it was the third place for me. Um, just because the next two are just so good in my opinion, um, that it was just like, uh, they, for me, they, they, they got better. It was, it was a wine, you know, the longer you sat with it, it just got better and better. Yeah. The more you swished it around, let it breathe. (laughs) Yeah. Cause let's talk about 1978. This one is by far my favorite so much so that I went back and rewatched just this one. Wow. Because okay. I like it so much. Like, obviously, and, and the thing about it, too, is 1978 could almost stand as its own movie. Movie and be completely fine. And be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. Because so much of it is this story of the past yeah. and this isolated incident. Obviously, it gives us you know more information about what happened in the first and and gives us more insight into what happens in the third but you can watch this one totally on its own and have it be fine and i did and i loved it i thought this one was so much fun i love the characters in this one Mm -hmm. i love the killer in this one right which oh that's something we forgot to mention as well as like each one of these movies definitely has its own style and things mm-hmm. that it's pulling from in terms of the influence. Clearly, 1994, was a lot of Scream influence went to that one. I think that was probably the heaviest influence on the first one, whereas this one, clearly, we're going the Friday the 13th route um, with this camp setting, um, which I was here for. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we get this setup where it, the whole thing is... is framed as a story we're hearing c berman talk about what happened when when she was at camp in 1978 yeah she went there with her sister and only she survived which was awesome Mm -hmm. i i was skeptical going into this one with the setup because you already know 
that she's the only one that makes it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But they definitely play this game, which, you know, I get it. It's fun. But they play this game between um, C. Berman and her sister, who we meet in the flashback, because um, once you get their names, it's not entirely sure or it's not entirely clear who of the two main female characters is the survivor of this story. Mm -hmm. Yes. And... This one, oh, what is fun about this one, I will say that, you know, it's helpful if you've seen the first one, is you get to see certain characters, um, but when they were younger. And so you Mm -hmm. get a little bit more about them. You get to see the sheriff, Nick, um, when he was younger. Yeah, which was was really great. They get, you got so much more um, character development through that because in the first movie, that's one thing I forgot to say, um, We'll, we'll move on, but that was one thing is the whole sheriff and the police is very strange. Like, the way they yeah. navigate it in the first movie is very strange, and it's definitely on purpose. It is 100% mm-hmm. on purpose, but the whole time, I remember sitting there being like, why does everybody hate the police so much? Like, outside of the obvious reasons why you would hate the police, but <laughs> I was like, why does everybody in this town hate the police so much, and why did the police seem so and weird so dismissive like yeah more so than usual (laughs) yeah there is there is something clearly amiss with the with the police force but you don't really get any answers to that in the first movie Mm -hmm. but getting to see the sheriff when he's younger gives you almost like this um gets to the juxtaposition of him when he was younger as opposed to him when he's older and now fully in sheriff Mm -hmm. form Yes, and something that you also get to find out more about the witch's legend. This is my this is my one and only con for this movie is I do dislike how much they reference the journal and keep saying the rhyme because Mm -hmm. it happens a lot. Does it make sense for the characters? Yeah, they're not going to memorize it, but does it need to happen so much? I don't think so. I think they could have <laughs> cut it out a little bit, cut some of them out, because particularly the character of Alice is carrying this journal around like a Bible and consistently reading from it and mm-hmm. rereading the same four lines from it. Um, so that was the only thing that I thought was a bit over the top. But you get to find out more about the witch. And another cool aspect of it is you also find out that these killers only kill people from shady side because now we see a camp that is both that is as mixed you've Mm -hmm. got both communities at this camp but we still have that same tension that same feeling of oh we're better than you guys um and because you have them all intermingling together, you really realize that this killer smooth walks by anybody that is uh, from Sunnyvale to kill a shady cider. So it's like only you will die, which I think also helps you understand why so many of these characters that are from Shady Side feel like it is that is their destiny. There is nothing. Like they're they're meant for only bad things because it's like you have these killers that are only killing you if you live in that town. So mm-hmm. it's like 
how am I supposed to feel? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I'm apparently I'm not worth shit. So I I I thought that that was a really cool little added like added benef- effect that they did. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely I definitely agree with that um, because it's like yeah that's that's the word like we already get a bit of a weirdness with our killers and how they operate right because they're so dead set on a specific goal every time with the first movie we get they want to kill sam and they're only killing the shady siders in their way to get to sam once we get to that portion of the film right whereas in this one yeah they're only killing the shady siders which is questionable you're like why 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 is life for a shady cider so fucked like what mm. what is causing this? Like what is the reason behind this? And I love that this movie really starts making you ask those questions. I also love that this movie also explores the humanity of the killers and so how these killers mm. get formed in the first place because in the first movie we reference a lot of these serial killers and a lot of them are very eccentric in their presentation. You know, they've got their little quirks to them that make them who they are. Uh, but in this movie, we get to watch one of the serial killers from ground zero all the way up till their final form. And that is such a, a engaging thing to explore and one of my favorite parts about this movie is watching this character go from a regular teenager to literally like a murder icon and like what (laughs) that journey looks like i was like yo this is so dope because we only get a little bit of it in the first one like we we right we see him you know start feeling a little bit weird and then boom he's a killer right we don't get to watch them go from like zero to a hundred like real real quick and i think that that little bit of a journey was something that i didn't know that i really wanted to put a magnifying glass on but i'm very glad that we did uh with the character of tommy well and also it's interesting going back to as you know because we continue to go back like throughout the years and it's in it you see these cycles of this trauma that like continues and continues and continues it's the curse of shady side is that no matter what time you're living in you're always going to feel this way because i feel like ziggy and dina are very similar in the way that they think Mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to do with the way that they're treated and the way that they are made to feel like they their lives will not amount to anything i think especially we see it now a lot with ziggy is that she is consistently bullied at this camp and it's mainly because of just where she lives like there's she hasn't so as a result she feels the need to act out and she she's like rebelling against that but then we also kind of see with her sister cindy i feel like has some similarity similarities to sam Mm -hmm. where they both are wanting something more and they both feel like they could potentially break out of this if they just change the way that they are yeah where it's like it's the perception of them that's holding them back not the actual town itself right yeah it's just if they can do well enough and look a certain way to others then that's enough that Mm -hmm. that's all it will take for them to break out of this this curse 
that they feel they're under. But I, I do really love, like, I, I think what I love the most about this movie is Cindy and Ziggy's relationship mm-hmm. and the way that it culminates in the end is really, really sad. Like, I, that scene to me where Cindy tries to save Ziggy at the end, like, tries to let her run and, like, save her is a fantastic scene and it's so good so so sad but i i love cindy is such a an interesting character to me and i really enjoyed watching her kind of grow and realize that by trying to change the way that other people see her she hasn't been being true to herself and how much that has like affected her relationship with her sister. And so I loved seeing her like fight for Ziggy and fight back for Ziggy and like kill for her. I think one of my other favorite scenes is when she decapitates Tommy and she's like, why won't you fucking die? Like I, I was just like, yes, Cindy. Yeah. Kill him. yeah <laughs> like, watching, I was like, yes. <laughs> because that was the fun thing is because like, and it took me a while to kind of decide who I thought C. Berman was going to end up being, but they did a really good job in, I think, covering it and kind of hiding it because I think throughout it, Um, You get a lot of final girl out of both Ziggy and Cindy. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to determine which of them is going to survive the situation. Because, yeah, Cindy bucks the fuck up towards the latter half of this movie where she is she wants to live. Um, She has accepted the fact that her boyfriend is gone. Um, There's nothing to be done about that, which is honestly pretty tragic. Like Tommy's story one, especially once you get even more context in the next movie, uh, Tommy is such a tragic character and his, and what happens to him. I, I do agree with that. Like uh, something that is even further down is that the idea that the shady, not only are they dying, people that live there, but they're also being forced to be serial killers and that is now their legacy. No matter mm-hmm. how much of a good person they were, no matter what they did with their life, no matter who they were or what they were trying to do, all they will ever be known as is the person that snapped because they couldn't handle living there anymore and killed a bunch of people. And it sucks because for Ryan, for Tommy, and also I feel like we learn a lot about Ruby Lane, who is another one of the serial killers. Mm-hmm. Like you you really learn that they had people that loved them and they loved those people and they had these lives ahead of them, these things that they wanted to do. But all that boils down to now is that they are a crazy person that killed a bunch of people and now they are to be feared and that is their legacy now. Yeah, and we really it get sucks. to see that though too because um, in very good trilogy fashion where I think each movie should you know expand on the last one and bring something more while also building on the things established by the first one the brutality of the second movie in comparison to the first movie is actual night and day whereas Mm -hmm. we do still get brutality in the first movie don't get me wrong like people get stabbed slice and r.i.p kate but watching tommy go through and straight up hack and dismember and slaughter these teenagers at this camp 
is and home. kids and 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 straight up kids like children like children <laughs> that scene when he walks into the jail for the for the for the uh, color war oh and, it's just and, the, him and, and the those kid kids. with the match oh the my kids that god have, oh my god that part is so that part is actually really sad because they they see him and they're just like they think of him as their counselor yeah because and that so, yeah he's he's the one they look up to and trust like they're the one like, he's the one that they feel safest with and he is the worst person to be around right now mm-hmm. and like that i got i got i gotta say like granted uh, you know, you know, kids getting killed in these kind of slasher movies. It's 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 a part of culture, you know. Right. But I'm not gonna lie and say that uh, my emotions weren't um, a little a little rocked. bit uh, <laughs> flustered seeing the body parts of these little kids just strewn about a room. I was like, no, hold on. Do I want? Maybe don't get them kids. Like. I don't like. I was like, oh May man. change her whole dynamic. She's like, just, yeah, I don't know, because yeah, you're. It's just one of those things where that's really where I was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't really matter, you know. It doesn't matter how old you are in this. It just matters where you're from, mm-hmm. and that is your. That is what defines you in these movies. Yeah. Um and. Also, I felt so bad for the the uh, shady side jailkeeper, the glasses kid. Oh, I know uh, that one. Like I like it, when the moment happened, I knew he was gonna die. But I was like, "Wait, he's so cute. Are we really gonna Not kill like him?" I, I thought that in my head. Like, Are we really gonna kill this kid? No, yeah. come on. Well, because they play with that. I they play with that too a lot. They play with what you expect from a slasher, which is half. Part of it is fifty percent of the time. It's 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 a half and half chance where when the camera flips back around, it's either going to be the killer or it's going to be a fake out. And they do that sometimes in this movie. They do the fake outs. And so anytime it would go back to the the kids, you you would think, okay, I have a 50-50 chance <laughs> that this sweet child <laughs> will survive, <laughs> and or Tommy will be on the other side of the door ready to hack and slash. And with the kids, it was always Tommy. And I was always upset. <laughs> Every single time. Every um, single time. It was really, you know, what was really cool was because Tommy's serial killer um, uh, visuals, right? We see them in the first movie, but he isn't quite there yet, right? We're still seeing his origin throughout this one. Mm-hmm. They did such a good job of organically creating the serial killer that Tommy becomes. Um, in terms of like the uh, from him getting the axe from the first like where he's just wearing the jacket at first to him then getting the axe to the bag over his head like how that all went down I thought was really organic and it was it made sense to me that this really menacing figure that we see once he's finally realized in his final killer form um, watching the the progression to get there was another fun aspect of this movie um, that I, I appreciate the fact that they paid such attention to detail there. Yes, I, I agree. I, I really enjoyed because for the whole time I was like, okay, when's he going to get the burlap sack? When's he going to get it? And I yeah, do, and then like, why, I really you like, know? yeah. And I really do love the way that he ends up getting it on because these killers are, li- they have one track mind. So it's not, 
why would he have put it on? Oh, because someone else put it on him and he doesn't care enough to take it off. Like, that makes total sense. Um, And and you're right. The brutality in this one, I think, because it it holds on it for so long, particularly with Cindy and Ziggy at the end. I mean, they're getting stabbed for For ages. Oh, my god! How many times did that axe go into poor Cindy? Oh, Oh, my gosh. And I hate to say this, but Cindy really kind of did. Cindy really was a real one for that because if Ziggy had been attacked by Tommy, had gotten the axe, no way in hell would she have survived. Mm-hmm. She was lucky. <laughs> she was lucky she got stabbed with the knife because I think that's the only reason that she was able to pull through is because her wounds and injuries probably weren't as bad as Cindy's. Yeah, though I still, the way she was getting stabbed, I was still a little bit suspect the fact that she was alive, you know, because like homegirl got stabbed a, a lot. lot. <laughs> but it, it seemed like, it seemed like old boy was stabbing her in the same place and he had one of them like itty bitty knives because I think that was like the, that was the old timey guy mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that yeah. was stabbing her right yeah yeah so, it was like that comb over dude yeah so i think he had an itty bitty knife but no no i mean she, she was, there was a lot of blood I you know mean, what i mean she, I she did, was or did you up. um did you peep the little michelangelo reference they made with the like adam painting um oh yeah when they when they when it like when zooms out mm-hmm. on their on their bodies and like they're kind yeah. of in the same pose it's one, one of, of those their things. Legs is like bent. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah it, it was definitely a uh, uh, homage to that. It's one of those things where it's like it's not in there for like a, oh it moves anything along. It's just kind of like a fun little visual that they threw mm-hmm. in there. But I did appreciate it. And like when it happened, I was the Leo meme <laughs> looking at the screen, being like, ah, I see what yeah, you did there. I got it. Yeah, but I don't know for some reason like sibling relationships and stuff in these movies always gets to me a lot more than like a romantic relationship so i i just yeah so i just loved watching them get back to on the same page mm-hmm. just in time for her to, to die. die like of course <laughs> but you know what i mean it's like i'm just glad that they got to reconcile and it also is really sad because you really see how this has ruined Ziggy's life like yeah she isn't still being haunted by the witch or anything but like her life is not at all what it what it could be and a lot of that is because she blames herself for Cindy and and she thinks that Cindy died in vain but I'm like Cindy died because she wanted you to live Mm -hmm. and you're still alive yeah that's like it's very true and like yeah that's another tragic part about it too right it's like the here we have another movie where we take everything that we've learned from the first movie apply it to the second movie in an attempt to stop the curse of this witch Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work again and at this point we've now explored the idea of like so with the legend right the idea is if you can get the get her hand right and attach it to the body the curse will be over and like they for once we now have a solution potentially to this problem and which is interesting because you know they're finding the solution technically in the past um so i guess you can kind of clock that they're not going to uh solve the problem right but it feels like they are you know, like right. as you get deeper and de- deeper into the movie, they learn 
so much about what's actually going on with the witch that it's almost shock. Like, even though you know that they're not going to succeed, it's still almost shocking that they yeah. don't. You're still like, what the? No, yeah, definitely. Because because it makes sense. And, and, and the thing about it is they were partly right. You do need to reunite the hand and the body. They were just wrong about where the body was in mm -hmm. the past. And, and which they wasn't didn't know there. where the hand was in the future. Mm -hmm. And which, honestly, as we learn in the next movie, wasn't even their fault, which is wasn't like the even more fault. tragic part. It freaking sucks. But moving into the next one, let's talk about Nick motherfucking good. Because mm -hmm. I want to talk... I got something for you, bro. Like, why? Why? Why Fucking would you do this? Snake. I was so on, uh, dude. The whole time in 1978, I was, I was like, yes, Nick. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's not like other guys. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that's cute or whatever. And this bitch really had me fooled, and I'm upset. I feel like Zig I felt like Ziggy. I was like, not, Nick. not this man. <laughs> having the audacity <laughs> to, to whine and dine me when he been doing deals with the devil <laughs> the <laughs> not, audacity not me. of this man <laughs> not me not, not us in this bonding courtroom. over horror literature just for you to betray me in the end you not you asshole. liking stephen king you snake <laughs> that's why i don't like snakes that's why ziggy didn't like snakes <laughs> that's why she was tensing up because she didn't realize she had a snake on her lap and on her side <laughs> but it is what it is because yeah we get into fear street 1666 <laughs> mm -hmm. which um gets well we get into it because after we hear the story of what happens right in 78 mm -hmm. we go back to 94 where now we've got more information that they didn't have in 78 which is they know where the hand is right so now we can complete the task that they tried and failed to do in the past um and when this happens uh dina then gets brain blasted into 1666 because the witch has something that she needs to show the world, mm -hmm. which is her origin story. Yeah, the the witch is basically like, now this is a story You're all, all about, about how. How. <laughs> <laughs> my life got written, and Dina's like, okay. <laughs> uh, but basically, yeah, because Dina is basically just seeing through the eyes of of um, Sarah, Sarah mm -hmm. and seeing the truth behind the circumstances and and what was it was nice to see you know returning actors yeah being able to play i was i was actually for a moment i was glad that they did that and i think it only worked because of how this series was framed where yeah. like because of the nature of it being a trilogy and also because you know watching I watched these basically in a row. Like there were breaks, but getting to see the characters, especially Kate, for one, who you're like, damn, she got done so dirty so early, uh, get to come back and um, play around some more in this universe was a lot of fun. And I'm really glad that they chose to do that over just getting a whole new slew of character or actors and actresses to play new characters. I, like I'm glad mm -hmm. that they recycled some of the people who maybe are no longer doing anything in the current timeline um, right like I, I that was a fun choice and i'm glad that they made that let me let's talk about the can we talk about the accent look okay i i knew it would be a a, a bit of conversation here and look, 
look, the accent was um, definitely spotty in places, in my opinion. However, here's what I'll say about it, right? Is So with the accents, here's the thing. Is, yes, they were spotty in places. Um, yes, at first, it, it was kind of distracting because, like, all I could listen to was the accents, you know what I mean? And it's not to say that anybody was doing, like, a absolutely awful one. Like, I think no. everybody did their best, you know? I think under similar circumstances if someone was like give me a puritan voice i would honestly do something similar to what they all did um what what worked for me and what happened for me is one i thought there was enough consistency between everybody that i think the longer you went on the less it was distracting and then i also think over time just hearing the characters and the story also ramping up and getting more interesting, I gave less of a shit about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or I'm, I'm not going to be here and say like they, they all nailed the accent. However, it only distracted me for maybe like the first 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And look, this is from a person, this is coming from a girl who can't, cannot do like an Irish accent I, I tend to get very lucky charms when I try to do it. I'm not trying to say I'm very good at it. It is just something that I notice because it's obviously a choice. Like it is a choice to do that kind of an accent because you, I honest, I wouldn't have minded if they didn't, mm -hmm. but I did think it was interesting that they did. I wonder if it was maybe more, you know, yeah, it's authentic, but also to differentiate between who they are in the present past versus who they are in the past and also too i wanted to say something that i liked uh the director said that the reason that the first one takes place in 1994 and is the present is because that was the era of fear, fear street and that's a time that most people who read fear streets will probably relate to mm, um which okay. i liked i actually really i like that they did that instead of setting it in present day i think that that makes a lot of sense yeah um but yeah, I, that was something I meant to mention earlier and I didn't. Um, but yeah, this one is... So this one is interesting because it's set up in in, ha in two parts. Mm -hmm. The 1666 and then you get 1994 part two. Yeah, which I... You know, it's funny because you had said that the second movie was your favorite. The moment this movie queued up and started playing, I was like, this one's going to be Erica's favorite. Because <laughs> really? I was like... I, well, just because... I clocked that a certain somebody does love herself period piece and also loves them a period piece romance. Mm -hmm. So as this movie was playing, I was like, oh, I know Erica is just <laughs> chewing this all the way up. <laughs> yeah, but see, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do. I did really like this one. It, it obviously it's a second for me. And, and I love the way that the mystery completely like tied itself back together. Mm -hmm. But something about that second one just like hit all the right notes for me. That's fair. Um, the second one was just really, really it's good. It's just really like, good. But there are aspects of this one that are are really great because it's it's nice to finally go back and see what happened with Sarah. This is another instance of si of of cycles continuing. Like we have Sarah who is in love with Hannah in the past, who is being played by um, 
the same actress that plays Kate or or no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not Kate, Sam. 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 So we're we're almost seeing like, oh, their love story again, but in the past, since we have Dina as as Sarah. Mm-hmm. And I also loved like, I don't know if it was um canon or anything, but for me, just making the 1994 characters the ancestors of these characters. I don't know if that was like this is this is exactly what we're going for, but I think in my so. brain, that's what I did, and it made the entire thing a little bit more fun for me personally. I like it was like an enjoyable thing to be like, aha, this is your ancestor Dina, and like this is your ancestor Sam, and like seeing how they navigated. I had fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I liked I liked that too, and I and I love that even in the past, like. <laughs> like kate's ancestor is like a drug dealer (laughs) (laughs) the equivalent they're like basically having a rave the equivalent of a rave in the 16th century Mm -hmm. they're like all out dancing in the woods like taking berries and shit um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's the same thing the the homophobia continues in the 90s Mm -hmm. but but, we got puritan style (laughs) puritanophobia yeah these this because we have it where um obviously they cannot be at all if they they this is something that they cannot let be public at all so sarah and and hannah are really fighting against the way that they feel and but then they give in to each other and from there all of these bad things start happening and and both of them almost feel like did we do this like are we did because we quote unquote you know sinned in puritan opinion did we bring a plague upon the union which is what they yeah, called which, the town yeah it was such a smart a character and writing choice i think there uh because yeah like this is so many centuries ago that yeah, I fully understand why their characters would have that internal struggle with themselves about like, damn, did we cause this mm-hmm. shit? Because they don't, you know, they don't really know better. Like all they've been told is like they're committing the gravest of sins right now. So yeah, maybe some darkness attached to that is kind of commonplace for them, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I agree. I loved seeing them have to kind of navigate that uh that internal battle with themselves i i also loved how sarah was set up as well though because like we've now got two entire movies of setting up the witch sarah fear and we up until this point have essentially been blaming sarah for everything that's been happening so to have this movie open up and see sarah be a really nice and charming person um i kind of going into this movie i somewhat expected this could be a direction that we would go in but i um you know was still uh taken aback (laughs) when it happened i was like well this is not the witch i was uh expecting (laughs) to find the witch i ordered online (laughs) yeah um also hannah slash sam's mom ain't shit in any in any century how about that mm-hmm. yeah she was I, killing that me. was like a rant that was such a random through line that i'm glad that they kept was like her mom's just <laughs> her such an asshole a... every every iteration of her mom the true witch of the trilogy the truest of the witches um but yeah we we kind of get to see the beginning of this curse because we see um, 
the very first like mass the, murder. Yeah, um, the preacher. The preacher, which was set up set up real nice. Um, you know, we got the references to him very early on. And so I was like, you know, my hands was ringing. I was ready to see like what the preacher did, you know, because um, we even well, actually, we knew what he did. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. We knew he cut we, out the eyes. Yeah. We knew we knew he cut out the eyes of like a bunch of kids and stuff. But still watching, you know, the first one happen. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. How's it? How's it going? How's it going to go? And that scene for me. Amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Every second of the preacher review. Great scene. I, I I think the the biggest plus of sixteen sixty six is seeing these things that we had preconceived notions about and seeing what actually happened. Because like mm-hmm. that is one of them. Uh, what happened to Sarah's hand is another one. Mm-hmm. A whole yeah. What that one did not clock that at all. That I was not expecting that. I definitely thought that. For one reason or another, she was going. It was going to be a self-inflicted wound. Uh, <laughs> color me surprised when we actually <laughs> got to that part. Imagine my surprise <laughs> <laughs> when he cracked her wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. Woo, that. That one was hard to watch. And yo, shout out to those effects there, cause uh, that looked like some real flesh yeah. being ripped, and that 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 was not nice to my stomach. That was that was ugh, unexpected. I did kind of ruined my tea. I was drinking tea. I was. <laughs> and I was like, maybe not anymore. But yeah, um, like that was, un, uh, you know, something that was different. And then, of course, for and even them being accused as witches, uh, we know now witchcraft was accused for every wrong sneeze and blink that a woman did mm-hmm. back then. So you're a, witch. you're a witch. And so it's not surprising that that is what happened and that mm-hmm. they were accused for being witches but then you get to see that that sarah took the fall for everything and therefore saved hannah and there is a curse but she ain't got nothing the curse, to do with the it. curse is on um the goods <laughs> the fucking goods the fucking goods. The can't do nothing right goods have the curse. And because, you know, real quick, real quick, uh, we can hate Nick very easily because he fucking deserves it, right? Yeah. But uh, we see where he gets it from. Fuck you, but Solomon. Solomon. I trusted you. ain't shit. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the goods <laughs> leading me on and making me feel something, making me love again, and then being being uh friends with the devil i'm sick of that because it's what because not only are you friends with the devil you are killing people just so you can have a nice house and so that Mm -hmm. you can have semi good looking shiny hair and so you can be the police (laughs) chief are you kidding me oh my god yeah it's you know it's funny because i always suspected that the there was something not good about the goods. Uh, but honestly, the reveal still caught me by surprise. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, up until this point, there were enough clues, I think, laid out that m- some people probably could have pieced together what was going on. Um, and to an extent, I felt like I did. Yeah. But once we got the full grand reveal of like, this is what's happening, like it's 100% the goods just 
uh, sacrificing the shady siders for their own benefit. Um, I was shocked. I was like, damn. But it makes so much sense because it's like, of course, only shady siders would be affected by this. And Mm -hmm. because it's like, when you think about it, like if you if you think about what they originally thought the curse was, it's like, why would Sarah curse only shady side? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If the union turned into both, both like if the them. union ended up being both places, why would her curse only affect one community? Why wouldn't it just be upon the land? Like, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way, because it's like, of course, they don't want their community to be affected by it. Only people that they won't have to really care about. And so, yeah, and, and you do find out the curse. So they do have it. They did have it right, because all throughout these movies, Anybody who bled on her bones, on Sarah's bones, they would get flashes. But because the hand and the body were separate, they couldn't get the full vision. So Mm -hmm. they were only seeing bits and pieces. And so now that they're reunited, that's why Dina can see everything. And now she can enact her curse. Like now they can actually take down the goods. And it also comes to find out that the goods send they specifically choose who the killers will be they don't they don't choose who will die but they choose who the killers will be but they can kind of send their minions their little serial killer minions they they can kind of send them after a specific person if they feel like like too they're they're gonna figure shit out or like yeah which it's it's very smart because it's one of those things where it's like oh going back now you're like oh shit it all makes sense as to why they'd want to kill sam in the first movie because sam may know the secret so they gotta get rid of sam and you're like damn right this shit all clicks now and yeah and it makes sense why sam even though Sam died and everything, why even after that, when she came back to life, she still got possessed, but Ziggy didn't because Nick was in love with Ziggy and mm-hmm. he didn't want to do anything to her, but he yeah. didn't care about Sam. He said, you know what? Possess her. I don't care. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have this woman. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, and, and now that you say that, that is something that um, as my hatred for Nick grew, um, fell to the wayside, but I do think he did genuinely care for Ziggy. Yeah, I do. I think I he definitely did have feelings for her, but they clearly did not supersede his need to keep his family legacy yeah. and secrets um, upheld. So fuck him regardless. To live in but. a pristine white house that has like goat heads all over the place. Well, and also it it makes sense too. I love when it flashes back when when they're telling Ziggy everything and she flashes back and she realizes that if you now knowing what she knows, a lot of the things that he was saying could have been taken two different ways. Cause mm-hmm. he says something like, I know that I've let a lot of people die tonight, but I'm not gonna let you die. And 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 so it, it is to be assumed that that was Nick's very first time doing that. And 
So, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that he probably would throw up at the sight of dead bodies. He probably wasn't used to that because it, it's something that gets passed down. Um, mm -hmm. So that wasn't probably something that he was used to seeing or experiencing. Yeah. And I also think um, when we do like it, later in this one, too, when we get like the flashback of like all the goods doing their things, too, uh, I could be wrong, but I think Nick didn't... Um, was not the one that chose Thomas in the second one. I think that he was there and no, that he, he did. knew what was going on. But was it him? It was him. Yeah, it was him. He chose he chose Tommy. I recognize it by that that little curl flip. I knew by the bang. By the bang. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was him. Um but yeah, he was the one who chose Thomas for some reason. Okay. Um and I don't know if it's because maybe Ziggy didn't like Tommy or something because she didn't seem like she liked him. But I, yeah, I don't know why he chose him. But yeah, he 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 done did it, unfortunately. So now now we have our final showdown mm -hmm. where they discover that basically they just have to kill Nick and yeah, because he's um, the because his dad we find out in the earlier movies his dad passed away recently so nick's the last of his bloodline technically well because he has he has his brother but i think it it can only go to the firstborn uh, i think I is what they said so i don't think his brother was ever even like because his brother is the mayor so right, i don't right, think right. his brother ever even had the option to do it i think it always would have been nick and if it's not nick it ain't nobody. Do you think um, his brother kind of knew what was going on? Or I mean, I, I, I mean, I feel like it's safe to assume, but I'll figure I figure I'd ask like, anyway. I feel like he, I, I, I feel like he did, because it's like, I, I feel like it's one of those things that they, the whole family probably knew, but they just didn't have to deal with it. Like only one person has to be the one to, to do all the devil stuff, right? Right. Like, but then everybody in the family kind of just knows about it. They probably talk about it over like dinner. Chill, yeah, every right? Thanksgiving they're like, all right, so who do we kill in order to have this bountiful feast today? Yeah. Anybody? You, who, who are you thinking about? Nick, you want to go first? <laughs> And then, and Nick's like, I don't know that that Ryan kid kind of smiled at me funny, so I might kill him. <laughs> um, but they they end up in the mall again, mm -hmm. and see, and this is another thing that I love. They 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 do this whole. First of all, I wrote Martin's name, and then I just drew a heart around it because I love Martin. <laughs> I love Yo, Martin. Martin's great. I Martin's love Martin. Great. I'm glad that he ended up being a bigger role than like initially thought. Because right. like he really seemed heavy side character. I mean, he is still kind of side character, but he plays a much more pivotal role uh, coming into this last uh, entry. He's great, and he's also a real one for helping them out and almost dying just because, like Josh slid him a safety pin when they were in the <laughs> or, or yeah, when they were in the like the precinct or whatever. Like I. I was like, damn, you a real one for that, Martin, because this is a wacky situation that you're finding yourself in. Yeah, for real. And like, I loved also watching him like learn the situation in <laughs> yeah. real time as well. Where he's like, that's a that's a real life serial. Oh, damn. Like, yeah. Martin yeah. was the best. <laughs> Martin was the best. I know. I love the. I love it when they're like, just just stay out of their way. They'll walk right by you. And he's like chilling. <laughs> he's just like chilling <laughs> on the side of the wall. 
I was oh, like, man. damn, you really trust these motherfuckers, don't you? Because best believe I would have moved. <laughs> like, Martin yeah. was great. I really, really enjoyed him. And I love that him and Josh like have this like weird little fun relationship um, where they're like friends kind of now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love and I also love that Josh got his moment of like of protecting Dina mm -hmm. because I feel like throughout the first one um although he is helpful he's he's more of the brain right like he has the he's the idea man yeah and then in this one Ziggy kind of takes over the idea position and Josh is able to kind of like fight back a little bit which was really fun to see yeah I love seeing Josh get to have get to have his moment too like I loved watching his journey throughout um all the 1994 ones because he really does have some substantial growth throughout mm -hmm. the course of this and it's like it's very gradual and it's very natural over time but the character that he starts out as and the character that he ends as is it's so nice and so satisfying to see that arc um definitely one of my favorites just because josh is very likable and also as yeah. a 90s kid who is also a huge internet nerd um, could not help but have a soft spot for the boy Josh. Yes. And I was about to say, I, I love his growth, but I love that he stays true to his character. Mm -hmm. Like, he's still that nerd. He's still that gamer. He's still that kind of um, more, I don't want to say meek, but like more on the quiet side kind mm -hmm. of a person. Yeah. But he's just, he's he's still that, but he's just more confident in himself and is like owning that a little bit more than he maybe did in the beginning. And I, I love that that's the advice he gives to Dina. It, it fits totally in with his character. It would be a cheat code. Like, and and I love that, that I love that it helps her because she's like finally able to accept her brother for who he is. But speaking of cheat codes and all of that, like, how did you feel about the resolution like what did you think of the ending i you know i liked it i liked it <laughs> I, I was i was like that was me thinking about if i had any like big issues Calm, with it yeah because like part of me for a bit there was like did i think it was a little anticlimactic and then like i really let the scope of everything kind of sink in and i think it was just right you know like the final confrontation, we got to have the fun um, aspects of, like, they get to have the showdown with the killers. They got this little kind of Scooby-Doo plot to keep them uh, gated until they can sick them on Nick. And then also we get the inevitable uh, killers versus killers battle, which, although brief, was fun. I liked watching the killers all duke it out for a second. Yeah, it was like celebrity deathmatch. It very much so was like celebrity deathmatch, a hundred percent. Um, and even the final moments between, um, you know, Nick, Sam, and Dina, I thought that it was very natural. Worked very well. I liked that. Um, I liked that Dina was able to kind of outsmart him by having him touch the like epicenter of the of of the curse and then using his moment where he's disoriented to take him down i thought that that all made sense um i was going to talk shit about the fact that he most definitely stabbed her 
And this girl has been stabbed how many times through this trilogy and is still kicking. However, we get the reveal, which, you know, fun little Easter egg there that she was using the Fear Street books as like a shield. I thought that was, you know what? I'm here for it. That was a fun little Easter egg. They threw it in there. They didn't even like, they gave it a tiny brief moment so that you could see what it was, but they didn't like try and shove that one in your face. Like, oh, you see what we did there? You see it? See, it was just kind of like it was there and gone. Um, and I appreciated it. And mm-hmm. I liked that we had a pseudo happy ending. Like, I was like, I, you know, these characters have been through a lot. We've lost some really awesome and fun characters. So it's nice to see those that we have left get to be happy for a little bit. You know, we've watched a lot of sadness for these past three movies, a lot of death and death and despair. So it was nice to get some like little warm moments. Um, So yeah, overall I liked it. I am not a huge fan of the last little like post credits, somebody snatching up the book. I thought that was just like a, you could have just ended the movie. I get it. I know I get it. You you want to, you kind of got to, but just, you could have just let the credits roll. We didn't yeah, need it. Yeah, they might do a fourth one, apparently. But mm, I, although it. although I love it as the trilogy, but um, if they did a fourth one, I would maybe like to see a different story, like a, a different situation, like not the same characters and everything. Um, if I had to go down the theory route and they were going to stay within this universe and maybe, you know, go into the future or something like that, because he his brother is the mayor, you know, there is a good left. So perhaps his brother is now taking up the mantle, something like that, if they're going down that route. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of agree with you where I kind of like to see something a little bit more distant from our immediate story. Because we've had, like, even though these have taken place over very different places in time, um, they still have felt very connected to each other. And I think seeing a fourth entry that is somewhat connected, but like a little bit less than than the rest may be kind of fun to see what they do with that and explore. But personally, I'd be cool if this just stayed a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the ending, too. Like, I, I'm happy with it. I love that, that now that the curse is broken, Sunnyvale is no longer immune from the normal tragedies of everyday life. Like, I love that they walk outside and immediately see a car <laughs> and just get plowed. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, now Sunnyvale is not protected. It's, you know, now going to just be a regular city. And as a result, Shadyside can now start to work to become better and people that live there will have a chance to just live a normal life. Um, And we see that, you know, things are going better for Dina and Josh. Their dad has a new job interview. It seems like he's probably stopped drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it's like it's it's cheesy, but. Josh that getting to messenger. meet meet Queen of Air and in darkness. darkness. I liked it. You know, I was like, yeah. Josh has been through a lot over the course of these three movies. Throw this man a bone. Let him meet the love of his life. Why not? I'm okay uh, with it. 
I know. I actually was I was waiting the whole time for them to meet somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me was like, oh, my God, what if Kate is Queen of Air and Darkness? But <laughs> I, I, yeah, obviously I didn't that, have it. But, I um, would have been OK with that had that been a thing. <laughs> um. Um, but I am happy that he he, you know, kind of gets he is hope. There's a hopeful note on his love life mm-hmm. um, because it's like, oh, okay, maybe Kate was just kind of there to help him become more confident in in it because obviously, you know, they weren't destined to be together. But um, yeah, I was happy that they met. I like that Ziggy and um, Miss Lane or Nurse Lane kind of have that moment as well where yeah. you see that they kind of both get to end their chapters because True. theirs was going on theirs was still continuing and i had i mean i forgot a hundred percent about nurse lane until she was at her doorstep i was like oh yeah that's right she didn't die i forgot mm-hmm. about that yeah she just got incapacitated yeah um, but yeah no i i liked the ending i'm happy that sarah got her revenge uh the goods ain't shit so i didn't really i was ready for him to die and it was a nice I, I was I was excited that we got to see like all of the serial killers in one spot again because mm-hmm. I loved all of them. I loved their design. I loved each of their little things. So I was happy that we got like one more little thing with them before they all burst into dust. Um, but yeah, no, I, I actually, for me, I think this was a great ending. I can't imagine it ending any differently. But for me, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I, I did think it was a little bit cheesy, the whole thing with Sam and Dina, how Sam like had these memories and stopped for a second. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit cheesy, but I it worked. It, you know, it did what it needed to do. And I am happy that it seems like Sam and Dina are working through uh, like everything and they're back on the same page because they're getting a little bit toxic there for a second <laughs> but i'm glad that it seems like they are both kind of like working through everything and in a good place when we end with them yeah it's true um all that being said though k still got done dirty i will i will Justice die on that kate. hill <laughs> how about We're, how about that justice for kate two, <laughs> two, <laughs> Two movies later, I'm still like, nah, Kate Kate got got done hella dirty. Uh, it was <laughs> not over it. So much. It was just so violent. Like, dang, man. Mm-hmm. You could but... have killed the girl quick. You even killed the nurse quicker than than you killed Kate. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that kind of rounds it up and like all in all, fucking great. I, I had such a blast. Um, watching through this whole thing and watching this mystery unfold and seeing what was actually going down in Shady Side. Like, for something that's playing on um, a a couple of genres that we're very, very, uh, at this point, accustomed to in the slasher uh, category, they still found a way to tell an interesting story that did not give everything away in the first film still kept you guessing and wondering what was going on while still paying tribute to those things that we do love about slasher mm-hmm. movies um i really like the whole time i was just like eating popcorn being like yeah this is my shit right here <laughs> for, for some reason all last night after i finished watching them i just kept being like thinking like the devil went down shady side 
He's a soul steal. <laughs> that was in my head. That was like stuck in my head all night long because I finished watching them last night. Well, I watched the last two last night, mm-hmm. and then I watched 1994 like the day before. Yeah, um, I I kind I kind of did the same where I watched the first one by itself, and then after watching the second one, I was like, well, I have to watch the third yeah. one with how the second one ended. Yeah, what? But I will say, you know, because originally they had planned. I mean, this movie has. These movies have been in the works since I think like 2017. Um, and obviously originally they had planned to release them in theaters like throughout the year, I think was what it was gonna do. Um, but obviously things changed and it went to releasing them um, week one week apart on Netflix. And I will say, I honestly think that was the best thing they could have done because mm-hmm. the quicker they came out, the better. Because if they came out in theaters, Obviously, like we waited, so we were able to watch it back to back to back. But if yeah. they came out in theaters after watching 1994, I don't know if I would have gone back months later to watch to finish up, you know, the story. I I, I think it's better that you can have that instant gratification with these because even even with a week, I don't think that's enough time where you'd be like, oh well, my interests are lost. Like a week is just enough time where you're still like wondering what's going to happen next. Yeah. So I honestly think that was the best thing that could have happened for these movies. Yeah, I definitely think they may have just paved the way there for like uh, uh, in the future release schedules. Because, yeah, I agree. I really like that weekly idea mm-hmm. of uh, having a mini series, I guess, and then just releasing it not all at once, but in like a very short period of time, time just so yeah. that like. You you have to wait a little bit, but not too much. Not so right. much that you're like, I'm over the shit, but like enough that like you kind of have to tease the anticipation. Or because it's a streaming service, you can be kind of like we were and wait and then get to just binge all of them in a row. Cause I know a lot of people prefer to do it that way too. So it's nice that that was uh, an option readily available to a lot of people because of how this got released. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I, I really enjoyed that. But uh, let me ask you this. Are we going to rate this out of the whole thing, trilogy as a whole? Is that how we're uh, rating it? You know, personally, I think we should. Yeah. Because one, um, this really feels like a complete package where um, each one adds something to the other one and they really work in unison. So I think it's unfair to like judge the movies without taking the other ones into account. And also watching all of them, I think inevitably forces your opinion to change. Like I, like I don't, I, I'd be hard pressed to believe anyone felt exactly the same about the first movie after watching all three of them, right? Um, like they initially did. So for me, I think it's best to look at this as a series as opposed to individual segments. Okay. Um. So what should we rate? this uh this trilogy out of then that is a good question got any ideas i'm thinking curses curses might be good because there are a lot of curse there are a lot of curses going around and there's a lot of cursing (laughs) that's very true (laughs) Uh, i'm uh, okay i'm down for it let's do that at curses do you want me to go first or would you like to go first uh yeah let's have you go first okay and rate this 4.2 out of 5 curses. Okay. I really enjoy this trilogy as a whole. 
um besides 1978 which i can watch by itself but whatever mm-hmm. but other than that i i do really think this works as a full package and works very well like i said the only thing that is kind of like downer for me is the just the first installment but like i said it unfortunately gets bogged down because it is laying the groundwork it is our first introduction to these characters to this world and so it may or may not take you a moment to get into it i feel like if i was more in the mood for that at the time in the mood for that like 90s nostalgic feeling or if i was like more into the books i feel like i probably would have jumped right in and been like really into it Mm -hmm. um but yeah it just took me a minute to get on board but like i said halfway through that movie it really picks up and from then on i think it's just like speeds out of the gate but even that aside all in all great some fantastic acting Mm-hmm. Um, some really, really fun ideas, some um, some very creative killers, a great mystery with a satisfying ending. Um, yeah, I really can't ask for more out of this trilogy. I wish it could be perfect for me. It is not quite, but I highly think I'll probably rewatch these again. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the full trilogy I, I will definitely watch again. I know I'll watch specific ones again and I would recommend this to anybody. So yeah, 4.2 out of five curses. Nice. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, I think I will give this about, uh, I'm gonna go a little bit in between here and say a 4.8 out of five curses. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think I have too much more to add other than like what you've already said here. Um, I think each one individually was really good. Some being a little bit better than others. Um, and I'd say like, I enjoyed each one in its own way. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd probably rate each one probably in somewhere between four and four and a half. Right. But mm-hmm. I think with their powers combined <laughs> and, <laughs> and the full story on the table and everything that happens, um, I just really, really, really enjoyed watching through all of these. I I enjoyed watching the story unfold. Um, I had a lot of fun in my viewing. I think my biggest criticism, and it's barely a criticism, but I think some of the characters in their choices and then sometimes in like their dialogue and whatnot were somewhat bogged down in the uh time periods that they were in Mm -hmm. you know where it's like their characters were so heavily influenced by what time period it was that they lost some of their character nuances um i felt that very specifically in like some of the side characters but outside of that i think the roller coaster that is all three of these fear street movies together is a ton of fun this is something that I would recommend to very, very large uh, pool of people, even people who aren't necessarily huge fans of the horror genre. If you can handle a little bit of blood and, and violence, um, there is a really fun story here that I think a lot of people will enjoy if they've missed it. And I think if you are a horror fan and you haven't checked out Fear Street, I don't know why you're this deep in this episode because they're basically (laughs) ruined for you now. (laughs) (laughs) But if that, for some reason, that's the case, you really should go back and check these out. They're worth the time. 
they're worth a watch and they're a lot of fun. So 4.8 out of five curses from hey. me. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you homies for everybody that like requested that we review these. Not to mm -hmm. say that we wouldn't have watched them because we definitely would have, but I think we would have probably been like way more behind the curve. Yeah, um, there, this was like it a, wasn't requested. Yeah, this was a really highly requested. I think one of the most requested things to cover from the homies. Um, so it's nice to finally be getting to talk about mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, and. and and I loved it, so thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was also nice to like get to talk this through because I had I just sat and watched these by myself, I'd be like, damn, I want to talk about this with somebody. Yeah, yeah, agreed. These are definitely ones that are fun to talk about and perfect for October. Like, yeah. it's, oh my it's a God. perfect time to throw these on because they're fun enough that like they're not too heavy or anything they move by at a even though they're each almost like two hours long they actually move by at a pretty brisk pace mm -hmm. especially when it starts getting into it um there's violence there's gore and it just feels like halloweeny it doesn't take place at halloween but no. for some reason it feels like it does i think it's yeah. just because all these like serial killers are coming out <laughs> coming up from the ground and you're like wow Ooh, must um, be it must be fall must yeah be now halloween. this this series really put me in the halloween mood like mm -hmm. uh more so than a lot of other movies tend to do like this this is definitely a series that i think um in halloween's and probably outside of halloween's too to come i will probably revisit just for mm -hmm. fun yes definitely um but as usual we really 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 want to hear what you guys are thinking about this one um so please let us know your thoughts on the fear street trilogy or um you know any of them in particular and you can always talk to us on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer you can always email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com um, you can email us requests recommendations or any business inquiries you may have or if you want to talk to not only us but other homies then you can jump into our discord um, like i said the link for that is in our social media bio if you would like to pop in there, say hello, say what's up, and see what's going on in there, then please join. It is free. Also, you can come and hang out with us on Twitch. We do stream on Twitch every single Monday night. Um, so if that is something that you would like to come and hang out for, once again, the link for that is in our social media bios. So pop through, say hello, and watch us play some spooky games. And last, but certainly not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would go on to Apple Podcasts and leave our podcast a rating or a review. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It helps other people find our podcast and helps Apple recommend us to more people. So if you are able to and you want to let us know what you're thinking of the show, then please go on there and leave a rating or a review. But... That is it for us, homies. We hope you have a great and spooky rest of your week. And we'll be seeing you next time. Catch you later, homies. Bye.